And now, it's time for the Tech EU Drive at 5 with Robin Bouters and Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Well, all right, all right, all right. You have found it. This is the Tech EU Drive at 5. I am your host, Dan Taylor. And as always, joined by the inimitable Robins Underwater. And we are the droids you're looking for. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode 5 of the Drive at 5. And I am in the UK, and I would love to start things off in a boisterous tone today, and I won't take too much time, but I do want to have a moment of silence for Queen Elizabeth II. That was an interesting day yesterday, Robin. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back from vacation. Thank you. It was great fun to not open Twitter, not open my email. Not opened uh, any WhatsApp, Telegram, you name it. It was awesome. I know, right? I did exactly the same thing for 10 days in August. And it was life-changing, life-altering, Dan. My life has changed. Wow. Well, hook me up with your dude, man. I, I, I could do some <laughs> life-altering. By the way, in your introduction, you said, I'm always joined by Robin. But that's not true because last week, wow. Monty was here. Well, but Monty was special guest. Yes, but that's never a bad thing. Monty could be a special guest whenever and wherever he can. I agree. That man is my literary hero. He's got more stories than, uh, well, probably the Bible. We need more Monty in our lives, man. We definitely need more Monty in our lives. But listen, what, uh, I mean, I was on vacation this week. I came back and there was a beautiful, beautiful story sitting in my inbox, which is I got to write some good news. And that was about uh, North Zone and their creation of Head of Sustainability. And they have appointed Anna Scarborough, who is a serial entrepreneur. She's the uh, former sustainability director at uh, Axel Johnson, you know, the investment firm. They buy up companies and brands and run them all over the world. And if that weren't enough, she's also, she created a sustainability program uh, at the World Economic Forum, and she's currently an expert member where she supports the strategic intelligence team on how to more efficiently support the sustainable transition agenda through its AI solution. That to me sounds like a, a pretty qualified woman who knows her shit. So I thought that was pretty interesting, particularly, what was it, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Balderton did pretty much the same thing. They've brought along Elodie Broad, uh, formerly of Deloitte, and she's head of Impact and ESG now at Balderton. So uh, I'm thinking we're going to see a lot more of this in the future. We are. It's, it's, it's an obvious thing to happen because, you know, there's pressure on from the, both the entrepreneurs and the LPs to have more focus on sustainability and ESG and impact in general uh, within these funds. So we'll see more of it. Uh, but it's good to see some of the, the big ones actually taking the lead here and really making a stand, hiring very, very qualified people uh, in a full-time capacity to focus only on that. So that's, uh, I think, a good sign and a good example for the rest of the venture community in Europe to follow. Yeah, and from my understanding, it's not just the VC firm that's getting an audit, if you will, but but these people have been brought on board to basically go through the entire portfolio and make sure these, these companies are accountable and uh, they're not destroying the world uh, like our parents' generation. <laughs> My guess is people at these venture firms are also going to be responsible for a lot of the, the creations of new roles within the companies that they that they backed, right? Heads, heads of impact, mm. head of sustainability within portfolio companies probably going to be a rising trend as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Balderton, 
Balderton this week co-led a 78... Okay, well, hang on. We'll get into that. A $78 million raise co-led with Lakestar in a company called Tesseract. Tesseract, I'm not even sure if I know how to describe what they're doing. So what they're doing essentially is trying to disrupt the energy market. And I don't know about you, Robin, but my utility bill last month was, holy shit, are you kidding me? And we haven't even gotten into winter yet. I think the time is ripe for some disruption in the energy market. Key points to mention here are that it is co-founded by Alan Chang, who was employee number three at Revolut, and Charles Orr, who was the strategy lead at Revolut for a couple of years. Uh, So obviously a, a nice track record. The quotes that I've read is basically what they're trying to do is they are applying the disruption that they caused in the financial world and applying it to the energy industry, which sounds pretty awesome. Yes. I'm actually going to dive into this deal a bit more in our new big deal section for next week on Tuesday, uh, because I really, really want to learn more. Just the sheer uh, quality of the investors that they brought on board. You know, you, you said Balderton. It's also mm-hmm. Lakestar, Axel, Crayondum, uh, Lower Carbon, which is mm-hmm. Chris uh, Chris Saka, uh, Tom Stafford from DST, Martin Mignot from Index Ventures, even though the firm didn't actually commit to an investment, but he, he's in as an angel investor. Nico Rosberg. Former uh, Formula One world champion, of course. He drives cars or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he used to. <laughs> well, he still does, I guess. Uh, yeah, so that that's a, a very impressive list of investors, and they have pedigree, of course, but I don't really understand what they do yet, I have to say. Okay, you remember, what, last summer? Out of nowhere, we've got all of the the, the, the Berlin mafia, if you will, of these, you know, rent a solar panel from us. Don't Don't buy it. Rent it from us. We'll come and we'll install it on your house. We'll maintain it. You pay us a nominal fee for 20 years, and then after that, you can buy the whole system for uh, a pound or a, or a euro or whatever it is. From my understanding, what Tesseract is doing is saying, skip all that. What we're going to allow you to do is buy a virtual solar panel of your own or wind turbine of your own. So instead of having it installed on your house, I could buy my own solar panel, I think. I think that's what's going on. But also... The website is just a holding page, right? It's very ambiguous about what's going on. What I also found interesting was back in, I want to say May, uh, Business Insider first reported on a $30 million raise. And then this past week, that number has jumped to $78 million. So the $30 million apparently is in equity, and $48 million comes from a private token sale. Really? Okay, I didn't see that, actually. Right. As you said, you know, Crandom, uh, Box Group, Acel, Rivet Capital, or Carbon Capital. I'm wondering, is the private token sale coming from Tom Stafford, Chris Saka, John Doran, Martin Mignot, and Nico Rosberg? That's that's one question that I'll uh, ask as I do my research for the, the analysis next week. But yeah, it's an interesting one, for sure. It seems very ambitious. You talked about the landing page. It is very sparse. At the same time, they, they really do a good job at identifying the problem, right? Big energy companies are mm. very, very powerful. They're big for a reason. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what they uh, come up with to compete against. It sounds to me like it's a direct-to-consumer play, right? Yeah. Which is working yeah. apparently pretty well for Zilch, who I'll be talking to next week. So stay tuned for that episode, folks. Nice. That's all good. And fine and dandy. Robin, what's the bad news this week? <laughs> well, thanks for There's bringing us There's got to be some. Here. 
Uh, <laughs> there's so much bad news, man. It, it was sort of expected, but it's it's coming now uh, as a flood. You know, mm. we had a U.S.-based private equity fund, Toma Bravo, said it would not proceed uh, with a potential takeover bit of Darktrace, uh, the U.K. cybersecurity right. company, uh, causing its shares to slump as well. There was Deliveroo. Uh, they were challenged in the U.K. Supreme Court, uh, court sorry, by another's, another workers' union uh, in the latest legal action against the company's treatment of its couriers. Uh, what else? We had British satellite startup OneWeb. They took a yeah. 20, 2029 a million dollar write down after Russia basically threw a wrench into its launch plans and basically earlier this year took about 36 of its spacecraft hostage indefinitely. So uh, that, that was a bit. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. But, but before we go any further, <laughs> right, hang on. <laughs> Let me get my head around this. So OneWeb, they just merged with. Telsat, the French company. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin speaks French. I don't. <laughs> and now some of those satellites in the constellation have been hijacked by Russians. Yeah. Well, listen, it was a deal made with Russia uh, to launch them from Russia at some point. And then something happened earlier this year uh, that made uh, Russia decide not to do that uh, anymore. I wonder what that could be. Yeah. And uh, mm. now they still have the spacecraft and uh, launch plans, scuppered, uh, money have to, wow. has to be written down. That's uh, That's got to be an opportunity for Skyrora in Scotland, for example, and a lot of other independent rocket launchers. Sure, but that, that was a piece of bad news. Uh, there's more. There's oh, Instagram. Oh, please, more, please, yes. <laughs> more bad news. Uh, Instagram, they took a, well, they received a 405 million euro fine from the regulator in Ireland uh, for essentially breaching EU data protection rules concerning the privacy of minors. Isn't that where they said, oh, but exact location is never given away? Yeah, I don't know the details, to be honest, but uh. Uh, they, they effed up. Yeah. Can I say they fucked up? Yeah, yeah, we're an explicit language show. Yeah. It's our podcast. We can do whatever yeah, the fuck, fuck it, we man. want, man. <laughs> so just a lot of bad news, Dan, and it doesn't end there. Uh, there was Kazoo, uh, the online car retail started in the UK. Uh, they announced that it will abandon its business in the European Union. That means 750 jobs out the window uh, in the latest sign of retreats by a business that I kind of hope to transform its sector rather than have mm. to retreat so relatively early on. Yeah. Uh, so the company is making redundant all of its employees in France in Germany, in Italy, and in Spain, as it closes the operations and it leaves it basically to operate only in its uh, in its uh, founding country, UK, as right. it tries to preserve cash. And not just that, but there was also another announcement last June about uh, you know them firing 750 employees. So that's 1,500 in total this year alone. So it's a big, big aggressive move, uh, yeah. I would say, but not in a good way, yeah. like Kazoo. But of course, it has to do something, right? It's publicly listed. Um, they have to be transparent about what they're doing to preserve cash. So yeah, that's a, the very, very challenging macroeconomic backdrop uh, that was mentioned in the communication around this uh, this step. Uh, but they're still seeing strong customer demand in the UK, they say, uh, worth over 100 billion pounds annually, uh, the UK used car market. So they'll, mm. they'll just refocus on that. Uh, one thing that I found very amusing is that Kazoo is very, very active in, in uh, sponsoring sports teams. And they were very, very active in sponsoring sports teams across Europe because, of course, they were launching in France and Spain uh, and they were using sports teams as a way to sort of, uh, you know, establish themselves as a, as a consumer brand, right? So they had uh, deals with the French football club Olympique de Marseille. Uh, they had Spain's Real Sociedad and Valencia. Uh, they had Lille Olympique already in France. In Italy, they had Bologna. 
Uh, they had Freiburg in, in Germany that were sponsoring. So what I'm wondering is what happens to all of these sponsorship deals and will they be able to phase them out? Don't worry. So rare will step in. Probably they they're Because right? they're in good shape too, right? They're not being investigated at all. Not at all. Well, they seem to be in, uh, in good shape and expanding to new segments as well. Well, listen, Robin, we are running out of time and I know you've always got, oh, there's one more thing. So I won't even cut you off this time. Your one more thing for this week is... Uh, one more thing is about August. So we tracked all the deal activity in the European innovation ecosystems again uh, for the month. Uh, and the numbers show 5 billion euros raised, which seems like a lot, but okay. isn't. Right. Uh, it's a hell of a lot lower than August last year. Uh, it's a drop from 9.5 billion euro in the month before, in July. So it's not just because of summer. And a lot of these funding deals were also credit, were debt funding, not necessarily mm. equity. Mm. Um, so if you look into a little bit more detail, the numbers are actually quite, quite low. That's not unexpected, of course, for all the reasons that we sort of already alluded to or addressed earlier. But yeah, things are going very well. Um, and, and, you know, the deeper you look, if you look at France, for example, uh, funding has come to, to basically a halt, basically a stop, right? Yeah, so that's true. In the Nordics, in Germany as well. So, yeah, it's um, and it's not going to end anytime soon. I don't think it was a summer thing. I think it's more a macroeconomic thing. And it will be another few months before we recover, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my one more thing, because I'm going to add a one more thing now. Events are back, I guess. Right. Uh, Pir Pirate Summit went well. Apparently, my, my buddy Nick uh, checked in, said it was great. Where are you off to next? Where can we expect to see you on stage? I will be at Tech Barbecue next week. That's in Copenhagen. Week after, I'll be in Cologne for DMXCO. Week after that, I will be in Milan for Tech Chill Milano. And then two weeks later, I will be in Istanbul for the Webrazi Summit. Th that, that's where they have the kebab, right? That's where they have the kebab. They have kebab in lots of places, but it's really yeah. Really, but 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 really nothing good. beats an Istanbul kebab. And you know what? Ish uh, art is going to kill me. Ishkandar, Ishkandar. Have you had this one? Oh, you trust oh, me. Yeah. Trust me. Is that me. the pistachio one? No, it's like it? Turkish lasagna. It's oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. good stuff. I have to try that out. Okay, one more thing after your one more thing, and why one more thing? I love your shirt. I know this is not on video, but I wish people could see your shirt. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks very much. All right. Well, listen, on the uh, note of my shirt is awesome, Turkish lasagna, and shit ain't getting any better. That's all the time we have for the Drive at Five this week, folks. My name is Dan Taylor. Yours is not. Robin is underwater. Have a great weekend, folks. And we are out of here. Ciao, ciao, ciao. See you next week.